This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. With so much happening in the Cascadian beer scene, you have to appreciate the locally focused beer events. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers on what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Today, I've traveled to Victoria, British Columbia to attend Victoria Beer Week. Now, in its fifth year, this festival helps highlight not only the history of craft beer in Victoria, but to Vancouver Island as well. The week featured a wide variety of events from beer-themed nights, food pairings, home brewing classes, and much more. But it all started with the liftoff event at the Victoria Public Market. Okay, so definitely big friend of the podcast and also a part-time co-host of the podcast. I am with the organizer of uh, Victoria Beer Week. Joe Weeb, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to see you again. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen each other since uh, the BC Beer Awards. That's true. And that was a fun time. We had a, a really good time interviewing different breweries there. I remember a good, a good moment with Nigel, especially. That was a great story. If you haven't listened to that episode, go and check it out. But we're here in Victoria at uh, the liftoff event. And congratulations, you've turned five. I've turned five. Five years of cheers. We're celebrating here in Victoria for Victoria Beer Week. And we're very proud of that achievement. And we're, yeah, we're having a great night. We just launched the whole week off with liftoff. And uh, am I correct in saying that you started Victoria Beer Week, correct? Yeah, I'm part of the group of, of uh, people that started Victoria Beer Week. A bit of backstory there. I, I was in Vancouver up until about 2012, and I moved over to Victoria around then. And Vancouver Craft Beer Week had started, and I wanted to uh, have the same kind of thing over here. So I started talking about it with people, and it turned out there was a group already kind of, you know, starting the, with talking about it themselves. So I managed to kind of force my way in, and uh, they welcomed me with open arms. Of course, they're very nice people. And together we started Victoria Beer Week back in 20, the first one was in March, 2014. And uh, over the years, my role has grown considerably and now I'm the overall producer. And, you know, Victoria is a great spot because there's quite a great concentration of really great breweries here. Yeah, I think we have 13 breweries right in Greater Victoria, about nine or 10 right in the city itself. What I love about Victoria is that we have great history here as well as a great kind of contemporary scene. So, you know, you can look back to Spinnakers, which was the first group up in Canada in 1984. Vancouver Island Brewing opened that year, too. And then all, a bunch of great breweries that have opened over the years since then, places like Phillips and Driftwood and Hoyne. And then you have the new scene with places like Category 12, right? And, and the Axon Barrel and stuff like that, which are doing really, really nice things as well. And it's not just Victoria, too. It seems the smaller communities on Vancouver Island proper are also getting breweries of their own now. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, right nearby, we have Souk, which is about a you know 45-minute drive just heading west from Victoria. And there's three breweries there now that opened. One opened a couple of years ago, but two just opened in the fall. And then places like Shimanus, and then you had up to Nanaimo. There, oh, Dunk, sorry, Duncan has a bunch of breweries now. A new one just opened, Small Block. In fact, at liftoff tonight, I think is really cool. We have side by side, we have Small Block and Spinnakers. So Spinnakers, you know, dates back to 1984, the, the oldest craft brewery in Canada, arguably. And then you have Small Block, which isn't even officially open yet, but they're serving their beer for the first time anywhere, anywhere, including the brewery tonight. I love it. The thing about Victoria Beer Week too is it, it is inviting others. It's not it's not like you need to be from Victoria or Vancouver Island in general. So there there is some Vancouver representation here tonight as well. Yeah, there's breweries from all over BC. We have Fernie here. We have breweries from the Okanagan uh, throughout the week, and that's the idea: is that it's not just about Victoria breweries. It's about celebrating craft beer culture in Victoria. So Victoria residents can come and enjoy beer from all over the province. Tourists, you know, because Victoria is a big tourist town, can plan their trip around experiencing Victoria Beer Week, knowing that there will be lots of representation of breweries from all over BC. And the breweries, you know, we have breweries who plan their year, it's kind of their holidays, their vacations, things like that, around coming to Victoria because they love coming here. Uh, They get to participate in Victoria Beer Week. They get to enjoy their time in Victoria at the same time. So we get some really good breweries. We have Brassneck here tonight. Uh, We have Powell Brewery and uh, Strange Fellows later in the week that are that are bringing over amazing beers. So yeah, it's it's a great op- it's a great festival all around. And I have to ask, um, was the schedule made up over a beer? Because Victoria Beer Week is actually nine days this year. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't do the math right. Yeah, you know it's funny. We started with an eight day week back in 2014 because we launched on the fir- on a Saturday and finished on a Saturday, and we thought that was pretty funny. And then at some point, about two years in, we were like, well, let's launch on the Friday, but we'll keep going till the Saturday. So it's nine days. Eventually, we'll probably be like a two-week thing. I don't know. I hope not. It just about kills me already. So. And generally, this time of year, um, we're in March, uh, the first weekend in March. Is this the general time of year that it happens? Yeah, it's always the first week of March. Uh, it was We picked this time because, you know, Victoria is a big tourist town. So we have, a, a starting already in April, May, the cruise ships start arriving. It's super busy here. The hotels are jammed. The restaurants are jammed. But, you know, after Christmas ends, there's a bit of a slow patch. And we, we picked this to be kind of the shoulder season and a time to, to, you know, to give both residents and people like the hotels and pubs and things like that something to look forward to. And it really works well. It really fits the calendar well. So, yeah, that's that's where it is. And the weather, you know, is pretty nasty generally uh, around this time of year. But this year we... Uh, we decided we just simply wouldn't brave it. We we usually have a few outdoor events, but this year we're doing everything inside. Yeah, I mean it's a it's lovely outside, but it's also pretty cold tonight. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if people want to find out a bit more about Victoria Beer Week, uh, you know, sometime in the future, come and visit themselves. Where can they go? Uh, well, VictoriaBeerWeek.com is our website, and we have all the social media channels and everything else as well. So yeah, thank you, Joe. Cheers, thank you. Big thank you to Joe Weeb for his time. Now it was time to hit the floor at the liftoff event and uh, talk to some of the participants that were pouring some beers there. Your name? Rob Mangelsdorf. And uh, who do you represent? I'm the editor of The Growler, BC's craft beer magazine. And we're at uh, Victoria Beer Week. And uh, you did a special collaboration beer with Category 12 and faculty. What is that beer and how did that come about? Yeah, so this is the first release in what's going to be a quarterly collaboration series that we're doing called the BC Brewers Collaboration Series. Uh, yeah, the first edition is an experimental Belgian ale done by uh, faculty in Vancouver and Category 12 in Victoria. Uh, so it's basically a, a, you know, like a dry hot pale ale uh, clocking about 5% uh, 
22 IBU done with uh, some pretty obscure hops, Saphir and Calypso, which are pretty hard to get your hands on. Uh, very tropical, fruit forward. Uh, there's some magnum in there for bittering as well. I was getting orange and pineapple. And- yeah, pineapple, huge, yeah, passion fruit. Uh, and then some like, you know, the pine on the back end from the... Uh, Pretty dry finish, too. Yeah, very dry finish. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that, too, is from the yeast. There's a, a golden pear Belgian yeast that it's done with, which is very fruit forward, heavy on the pear and the stone fruit, uh, but also not quite as peppery as some Belgian yeasts. So is this the first time the Growler's been at uh, Victoria Beer Week? No, no, no. I was here last year when it was outside and pissing rain. And uh, I'm really glad that it's inside now. First time that we're pouring beer, though. But yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day. It's a yes. beautiful day. It's a beautiful day inside at the Victoria Public Market. Right. And the Growler, uh, what do you guys do and how can people find out more about you? Oh, check out the Growler.ca. We're uh, BC's Craft Beer Guide. Uh, we're a quarterly magazine. We feature listings on every single brewery in the province. Uh, 154, I believe, in our last issue, which just came out. So it's hot off the presses. You can find it at better craft breweries, newsstands, uh, liquor stores all over the province. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thanks a lot, man. Your name, sir? Michael Kusick. And who do you represent? Category 12. And uh, you are you have two beers pouring here, actually. Yeah, it's actually kind of unique. We've got our Red Sour that we launched. Uh, it's a new seasonal for us. And then we have a collaboration we did with Faculty Brewing. It's an experimental spin on it, like a golden ale with an... Belgian pear yeast and some really cool hops, Calypso and Sapphire. Cool. So tell me about the sour. Like, uh, how how did that beer come about? Yes. Uh, that started off as an R&D batch back in the summer, early fall, using local boysenberries. We couldn't get any boysenberries this time of year, but we were able to get some of the 2017 blackberry harvest from the peninsula. And there's about 120 kilos of blackberries in the sour. And it's a red sour. So it's a kettle sour. But it's got a really nice full body to balance out the acidity. And the fruit just comes through a little bit on the back of the palate and the aroma. Right. And you are a brewery actually representing Victoria at Victoria Beer Week. Uh, where can people find you and find out uh, more about you? Totally. We're on the Sandwich Peninsula. So we're halfway between downtown and the ferries on Keating Crossroad. And if you want to find out more about us, Category12Beer.com. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, your name? Rachel Warren. All right. And uh, who are you representing? Faculty Brewing. Right. And uh, how long, how many years have you attended Victoria Beer Week? And this is actually our first year. And what are you pouring? Uh, we're pouring a collaboration that we made with Silk Road. So it's our 250 uh, London Fog Ale. And Silk Road is actually a tea house here in Victoria. Tea house here in Victoria, actually a part of the market right now. So. Cool. And how did that beer turn out? Uh, it's beautiful. Lovely notes of bergamot vanilla, like really shine through. And then it's kind of just a nice, nice, easy drinking American ale. Cool. And where is faculty located? Faculty is uh, second in Ontario in Vancouver. Right. Right. How long have you been open? Uh, about a year and a half now. Almost getting to that two-year mark. We're excited. That's, that's the magic number. That's the magic number. All right. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I am Dan Fuggles. All right. And you represent Fuggles and Warlock. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Based out of Richmond, right? Yes, we are. All right. And we're at Victoria Beer Week. How many years have you been participating? I think it's our third year now, so uh, we're we're really happy. Like we we love this event here. And what beer did you bring? We brought our Kizuna Pineapple Sour. It's our collaboration with Britannia Brewing in Richmond. Uh, nice juicy kettle sour with fresh pineapples. It's straight up pineapple. It's it's really nice to drink. It's summer in a glass. 
It is. It really is. It's really deceptive. It's six point five percent, but you you think it's four. Like it's just so easy to drink. Yeah. Is this your first time making like something in this style, or uh, have you done something fairly similar before? Well, we've done other sours, but we haven't seen many pineapple sours, and we thought like that would be pretty cool to do. And uh, yeah, we're we're really really happy with how it turned out. Right. So was it just pineapple juice, or was it full pineapples? Like how how did that work? Yeah. So we we really. Uh, careful on what we selected for the pineapple so I, I made sure that it wasn't from concentrate it was all as fresh as we could get and uh, yeah we used as much fresh pineapples as we could like what, how, how much in total do you remember uh i'm sure we used at least uh four to five hundred liters somewhere in there all right well thank you dan yeah thank you very much so uh your name sir i'm zach from small block cool and uh what is small block so we're uh, a new brewery opening in Duncan in the next week, and we're hoping to be able to offer um, some English-inspired ales. Right, and so this is your first time, like, ever pouring your beer, right? Yeah, this is the first event. So we, we hung on to it and wanted to kind of tie into the exposure of liftoff. So. And uh, what are you pouring? So we're pouring our uh, Canadian pale ale, our Nailhead pale ale. It's uh, 5.5%, uh, 45 IBUs and pretty smooth introductory easy drinking uh, pale ale. Cool. So where exactly in Duncan are you guys located? So we're on the south end of town on Chester Road on the the service road that runs along the highway. And you're going to have like tasting room, lounge, like are you the kitchen yeah. on site? So we'll do uh, a kitchen on site. It'll probably be just finger food, simple eats and uh, really focusing on the beer. We've got a pretty fun looking tasting room that's coming together right now. An arcade machine and uh, a dartboard. And uh, we're just hoping it's, it'll be kind of a cool kind of industrial kind of look and hang out. A very garagey, uh, not super polished, just kind of fun and exciting and, uh, you know, inviting. Right. And uh, if people want to come by Duncan and visit you, how can they find out more information? You can head to smallblockbrewing.com or we have a small block brewing on Facebook and we're pretty active on Instagram as well. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. It was a great way to kick things off with Victoria Beer Week. Amazing beers and especially small blocks since that was the first time pouring as well. Just want to say thank you really quick to the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible. Who, by the way, have an ale trail for Victoria. All you need to do is go to the bcaletrail.ca and you'll find recommended itineraries for not just Victoria, but other regions of the province, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own backyard or just want to check out Victoria and have no idea where to begin, well, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. Thanks very much, guys, for uh, making this episode possible. The following day, I went to Swan's Pub, where it was time for the Brewmaster's Brunch, an event where you can have a delicious brunch uh, and uh, meet some of the brewmasters from some breweries in Victoria. And so uh, that's just what I did before things kicked off. I spoke with Chris, the brewmaster at Swan's Brewery. My name is Chris Lukey, and I'm the brewer at Swan's Brewery. And we are right on the corner here at uh, pretty much the epicenter of Victoria, right? Yeah, it's uh, definitely the construction center. (laughs) A lot of Victoria, I find, is under construction at the moment. So Yeah, you're totally right. And we're, we're sitting in the nice, like, covered deck area, and we're looking at the corner of Pandora and Store. So, yeah. So how long is uh, this? Well, first, we're at Swan's. 
We should, we just, we should We're in Swan's there. Pub right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long have you been here? I've been here for um, almost a year and a half, I guess. Just under a year and a half. Right. And how did beer find you? Beer found me. I remember it was a very big decision one morning on my way to work. <laughs> right. 2007. I worked in uh, as a technical baker in Winnipeg at the Grains Institute. And I was lucky enough to work in the same building as the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Center. And they had a pilot facility downstairs. Right. And I came in to work and they were uh, going through the boil. And so the whole first floor just smelled like boiling wort. And I was just stopped in my tracks. And I thought to myself, oh my God, that smells so good. And then it was in that moment because I've been doing baking and brewing off and on for different companies. And it was in that moment when I decided I'm going to turn beer into a career instead of bread. Wow. And since then, uh, that's all I've been doing. So, so grain has been throughout your life, like throughout your career. Yeah. Yeah. Fermentation, grain. It's been cool. I mean, I worked, my first brewing job was actually at Big Rock in Calgary as a quality control technician. So the police, (laughs) it wasn't a fun job. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up doing product development for Weston's in Western Canada. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then I got another job at Labatt's in Edmonton. So I was brewing Bud and Blue Mm -hmm. on the biggest facility you'll ever see. Took another baking job. And then this moment happened. And then I've been uh, sticking with beer since. Oh, right. So do you remember what beer it was that that wart was that you smelt? They only made one. They only made one. Yeah. So yeah. the technical center, all they did was um, they were hired by breweries and malting companies to test varieties. Right. So all they would ever do is get a pure variety and just get the actual statistics for extraction, attenuation, mm-hmm. flavor profiles. So it was only ever like a, a Copeland lager or a Copeland pale ale or right. a Harrington or a medallion or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the variety was at the time. So just research, you know, just like pure the, research. Yeah, yeah. New, new grain strains that came out and absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like Labatt's would pay big bucks to have something developed and then they would do the testing for them. Mm-hmm. Super cool though. Yeah. That, that sounds cool, but also very stressful too. If yeah, it was. If big beer is saying, "Hey, uh, let's 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 come up with a new grain, make it work." Yeah, yeah, they would they would do the uh, nature. Who who cares about nature? <laughs> well, actually, the good thing was is that they just did traditional breeding techniques. They never went GMO or anything, oh. as far as I know. So it's just traditional breeding. Pick the characteristics that they want because it always comes down to the farmers. Right. And the farmers have to be able to make money off this mm-hmm. and be able to grow vast quantities off it. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to just say like. To listen to the brewers going, oh, this variety has a beautiful aroma and flavor. Mm-hmm. And the farmer will say, yes, but what's the yield? Yeah. So it's it's a neat thing that they do all the testing for, for that breeding. Which, you know, we were talking about earlier, like when you were giving me the tour of the brewery, like things that we just don't really think about and consider in life. And like, I think, I mean, yes, we know it's barley and hops for, for beer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think we really take into account yields for farmers in order to make that their livelihood in order to supply the raw ingredients necessary to make beer as well. Like yeah, it, there's like a the, lot of the whole ecosystem of exactly like, yeah, that, that why are we doing whatever we're doing always? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's so many people involved in this chain of the industry. And I, like we were saying before, like, it's such a cool industry because there are so many cool people involved and like, when you consider people like those farmers, they've, you know, they've got to send their kids to school. So they mm-hmm. need to make something that they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Same thing as breweries. Like, I mean, if a brewery get, makes an awesome beer that everybody loves, 
well, darn right, they're going to make it again because they know that people love it and it's something that they can really attach to and be proud of. Mm -hmm. And like last night, I was having a conversation with um, some other brewery owners about how they got all their stuff fabricated locally, like less than a kilometer away here. Like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it, it is, everything's kind of feeding everything and it is very local in that sense. Yeah. Of the jobs that you guys do. I don't even know the exact numbers, but Beer Canada released some statistics um, and the craft brewing industry and its offshoots, like and the companies that supply, there's so many jobs and there's so much uh, contribution to the overall well-being of the country and the province just from our industry. And the really cool thing is that it's, it's fun and almost by definition, you're supporting local just mm -hmm. by being part of it. Yeah, it's just the the size and the magnitude of our industry is pretty cool when you consider the majority of us are small. Yeah, and it's a very creative industry as well. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's why most of uh, the people get into it too. Okay, so tell me about working for the big boys. Was that just kind of turnkey, push a button and make sure it's all operational, or was there some actual manual labor involved as well in that process? Yeah, so Labatt's was massive. So the the strikeout for Budweiser was like 600 hectoliters, which is, I think two of those or one and a half of those is my entire yearly output. <laughs> right. so, and I did that three times a shift or 10 times a day. Right. Every week throughout I the year. I can't really fathom that amount. It's so much. So manually, yes, I moved the mouse and I pressed the keyboard buttons, but I also had to weigh out hops. Hmm. And the hop charges were something like 80 kilograms just for one batch, which is kind of my yearly contract. That'd be pellets, right? Like pellets, we're not, yeah, yeah. not, not whole cone or not whole cones. No, no. no, no, only the, only some of the traditional guys use whole cone. I know, uh, Budvar, the original Budweiser, they still use, uh, whole leaf sats hops, right? Big bales. It's pretty cool to see too. Just these piles of bales beside the kettle. Um, but yeah, the big guys was really interesting. And then how was it actually going to a smaller system and being in control of every little nuance of the brew? The best. Yeah. Absolute best. Start to finish. It's, it's the best feeling from recipe, ordering to brewing it, digging it out, cleaning the tanks, transferring it, bottling it, selling it and delivering it. I do all of that with, uh, I have an assistant now that helps to do, um, a lot of the work while I'm on the computer, but I go from start to finish and it's, there's one and a half of us in the brewery and it's all covered by us. And it's, it's the best though. Mm -hmm. Nothing compares. So Swans, when did uh, Swans initially open? And is that the original brew house that you have? And what's the size of it? Swans opened in uh, 1989. So we're just about 30 years old. Um, the brew house itself is an optimistic size of I've never really used it to its full capacity because it would just boil over. It's a strange design, but I use it between about 17 to 19 hex, but I think it could do 20. My cellar tanks are 18. And then uh, how many uh, cellar tanks do you have? I have 20 cellar tanks, five fermenters. Each one gets one batch of beer. Awesome. And the cellar tanks pump directly into the pub. Yeah, right, so. really cool. We have about 160 feet of line from the tanks to the taps. So every time a pint is poured off the front of the bar, it's coming directly from the tank. And what are some of your favorite brews to uh, to actually make? Lagers. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's the challenge with brewing a lager? I don't know. It's just the same as everything else. You just got to be clean and careful. I know. I know a lot of people will say like, "Oh, you're so wrong," but it's it's just making beer. 
you got to be careful. You got to be clean. You got to do your homework and, and it's, then it's, it's easy. Just take care of it. <laughs> it's like, it's like anything you got to nurture, you got to care and it, and it should do exactly what it's going to do because the yeast know what they're supposed to do. Just give them the right conditions. The equipment knows what to do. You just got to provide the right volumes and velocities and use the right jumper. <laughs> right. So you've been here almost two years. Has the beer lineup changed much from what was here before? Like, are you allowed to experiment and kind of do new test batches of things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I started, and it's, well, it's less than a year and a half, but when I started, we basically got rid of 80% of the lineup straight away. We kept two of the hits because people liked them and they were traditional Swans beers. I kept one seasonal and everything else has changed. So I basically started a lager program where we have pale lagers, Vienna, black lagers, Dunkels, Pilsners, all low temperature, 10 degree fermentation and taking nice care of it with a Southern German lager yeast. And then um, just another array of ales. Basically my marching orders on day one was we definitely need something pale for the people that come in and say, I just want a beer. Mm -hmm. We had to have something like the that. The approachable beer. Exactly. Yeah. We had to have something like that, but he said, everything else, just make sure it, it rotates. Just keep it changing because the industry wants the new thing. Mm -hmm. People like core brands, but the question that any brewer, any liquor store, anybody in the industry will get is, oh, what's new? Yeah. So you got you to keep going new. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I mean, you guys package your own beer, right? And ship it out. Yes. We, um, we strictly are doing Victoria and uh, on the island. It may or may not just be Victoria pretty soon. We just got to figure out a couple of things. But our focus is, our number one customer really is the pub mm -hmm. um, because we bring in, uh, we're a big tourist industry here mm -hmm. in Victoria. I mean, it's obvious, but Swans is a large, uh, we get a large tourist population. So this is number one customer. Number two is our liquor store. And number three is basically anybody outside that is interested in carrying our beer, which right now the focus is Victoria. Yeah. Like you don't really have much room to expand if, if you did want to branch out off the island, right? No, we'd have to go into a separate space. I do have a, another, another room that I could add some more beer into, but being such a small business, it has to be a well thought through event. And that's kind of been that why question from the start. Like we're 30 years old almost. And coming here a year and a half ago, I looked at it as a startup. So I was like brand new. Well, it almost is because you like the whole lineup changed pretty much, right? It, it like, did. Yeah, like, yeah. The only baggage I had, like comparing a startup to what I came into is that a startup is fresh. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, they're, they're, they're given the, uh, hey, it's the new brewery coming, we're opening. So they get that, that spike. Whereas I'm just a new guy coming into Swans where the reputation was not always the best. And it was an uphill climb to change the reputation from, oh, you guys have had those same beers for 13 years to something new. And I'm not saying anything was wrong in the past. It's just when you come in to change something or are asked to change something and everybody thinks you're still doing the old stuff, it's, uh, it's an extra hurdle as a startup to get over. So it's been interesting. We're making progress. Right. If somebody was wanting to get in brewing themselves, what would be some tips for the home brewer that, that you can provide? Hmm. Basically, I would just say, go for it. There's, there's no harm in it. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm kind of astounded by how startups start up. I mean, they hit the ground 100%. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They got the full-on tasting rooms, the big, beautiful spaces, the, uh, the brand new equipment. It's unbelievable. Like there's no startups now that were in a shed and the person lived in the shed and they sold, delivered, packaged everything. And then hopefully a few months later, they were able to hire somebody to do sales. Like th- that doesn't happen anymore. Everybody hits the ground running now. From listening to the podcast, like everybody's, every brewer's right. It's like, you, you need a lot of money. Like I didn't start this place, so I didn't have to do all that. Right. I was just given a brewery to work with, which is what a brewmaster gets to do usually. But yeah, you need, you need the money and you need to have a plan. That's really it. But I, I would say if I was asked what the best formula is right now for success in this industry, I would heartily say this lounge model is the best because that's what people want. People want to be part of something cool. They want to hang out at the brewery or they want to be in a space that they feel welcome in mm-hmm. where they can get something special. I, I feel that's the best model. Like the, the amount of tanks I have, I think that's a good amount of tanks because mm-hmm. then you can have such a wide variety of beers for people to try. You can be super experimental. It, it's just, and it's a lot of fun for everybody involved. I mean, and that's something else at the end of the day too. I mean, it's a creative industry, but it's also the entertainment industry too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With, with, with your beautiful tasting room and everything else involved. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, it's, yeah. it's so well thought out now. Like the, the bar is unbelievably high now. And I'm very thankful for that. Like, I'm very thankful for um, people in the industry for what they're doing because they've raised the bar. So it's making everybody try to be better. And the guys that aren't trying to be better, well, well we all know what happens. You know, the market corrects itself, right? Yeah, yeah, the market does correct itself. Yeah, no. because everybody will make those decisions. <laughs> They'll, people will back up the decisions everybody else makes for sure. Like, it'll correct. And so I'm super thankful for that. I guess it's friendly competition. It's still competition. Hmm. Like we're not kidding. Everybody would love to sell more beer, of course, to be more successful. But, but the fact that we can all be in a really interesting, close industry is, is really great for that aspect. At the moment, I feel it's very harmonious between everybody. For sure. That's, it's, it seems to be in a very comfortable state. So. It for sure is. Like you could feel it in Victoria. We're in regular touch. We do things mm-hmm. together. We all help each other out. It's still happening. Although it is kind of funny with the, the way the industry is growing, like some of the used to be the, the startups, like the, uh, the big, uh, the stone brewing, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, those big guys, they're really becoming just like the Coors, the Budweiser's, the other guy, the old Milwaukee's, the Schlitz, like, mm-hmm. they're really just becoming them now because they're starting new breweries here, starting new breweries there. And they're starting to add in pasteurization. They're starting to do all this stuff that, that was taboo for the craft brewing industry. But in the scheme of things, it just makes sense for a brewery to do that stuff. But it's kind of funny how it's a surprise that this is happening when it's just the natural way things go. You get popular, you're going to get bigger. It's like uh, the band that used to play the basement of a pub is now in a stadium. It's just what goes on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so we've touched on creativity a bit. So I have kind of an odd question for you. Fire away, my favorite. All right. Is there a particular theme or story that you wish to portray through the beer that you're creating here when, when the customer comes in to experience it? Two things. One is all the beers I make, people might consider them boring. And the reason it's that is because I like to focus on just brewing a really good beer. I feel that beer can be interesting 
just because it's good, just because it's balanced, just because it's well-made, just because it's a good interpretation of a style. I feel that that aspect of our industry is kind of getting diluted with the race to be new and interesting and quirky or... Or have that beautiful color looking beer on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Like just, just the, all the, the filters and all the stuff that gets into it. Like it's, I, I don't think people need to try so hard to be interesting in that respect. And the second thing for a theme is I like to make beers that will, it kind of follows this one. It's to complement moments. It's not about people sitting at a table, grabbing a beer and going, oh my God, this beer. And then the whole conversation is about beer or whatever. I mean, if you're in the beer industry, then talk about beer for sure. Yeah. But my beer is not meant to be the point of getting together. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to just complement the moment. Yeah. Two friends can sit and have a beer and they'll be like, oh, that's good. And just carry on with their conversation. Yeah. Like it's not supposed to draw that much attention to it. It's not supposed to be the showcase. It's just supposed to complement that moment. So theme wise, it's not necessarily styles or barrels or anything like that. Like I love making lagers, but only to the extent that it complements people's moments. And sometimes moments need a lager. Mm-hmm. Sometimes moments need an Irish red. Mm-hmm. And sometimes moments need a golden strong. Yeah. So that's really where I shoot for. Do you collaborate with uh, the kitchen much in terms of uh, the menu that rotates through here? We do a uh, it's kind of a small collaboration where we have a uh, lunchtime sandwich and we pair it with a beer because right. we're trying to get uh, lunchtime beers back. Mm-hmm. But doesn't really go. <laughs> so mostly it's just academic. Well, hey, summer's right around the corner, right? I mean, yeah, lunchtime beer in summer. It, it could be a hit because yeah. it'll be a lot more tourists here. Yeah. And maybe it'll be a hit. So a lunchtime beer then. So we've talked about loggers. Yeah. Would you, would you consider doing something like a, like a, a rattler or, you know, something really light in the lunchtime? I would consider doing uh, some lighter beers for sure. I, I do have a, a range of beers like the Irish Reds, 4.3%. I have a Pepper Blonde we're going to be brewing on Sunday Ooh. and that's 3.7%. Wow. And I do have a range of approachable beers Mm -hmm. just because that's who our clientele are. I'm still not getting into wild fermentation or, or lactobacillus or anything just Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of other breweries that do a really good job on it. And I just don't have the space to keep things separate um, unless I do kettle sours and I don't believe in those. Right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for your time delicious beers that chris is making there and there's some more delicious beers to come as well so looking forward to see what he comes up with in the summer the brunch that was hosted by swan's pub was fantastic and so i just had to talk to the chef who designed it all my name is bob hendel and i'm the chef at swan's brewery pub and hotel all right and uh, we're at the brewmaster's brunch for uh, victoria beer week and you've been a busy man over the last 24 hours. Uh, you did an awesome job with, <laughs> with brunch today. Uh, what were you serving? Well, first off, thank you. That's very kind. Um, and yeah, it has been a crazy 24 hours. It's been a crazy 48 hours. Today we served uh, from top down. Uh, we had our, our beer bread that we make in-house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the spent grains from the brewing process and the beer itself. Is that a regular feature on the menu? We do that's it's we do it every day. So we bake the bread fresh every day and we give it away. So if you come in and sit at a table and order food, mm-hmm. we give you a beer bread. We like the story behind it and we just like giving it away. It's mm-hmm. really good. So I mean, what else are you gonna do with that grain when you're done? Right? <laughs> you gotta give it away. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we had the beer bread. Um, from there we went into the spent grain and banana pancakes. 
Uh, we had the hop roasted tomatoes, uh, which had the East Kent Golding hops. And just to back you up to the bread too, you did a hop infused butter, didn't you? There was no hops in the butter. That was just okay. herbs. Okay. Um, right. That we do every day as well, but we don't do the the, the hops in it. So mm-hmm. from there, the next one in was scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. which are just eggs. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't need to beer that up at all. Unless the chickens were fed the spent grains. Fair. Then, yeah, that's you fair. Know. Well, yeah. we... I don't know if we have any chicken farmers that pick up the spent grains, but we do have farmers that, that, that do pick up the spent grains. Uh, we have some pig farmers and some uh, and some cattle farmers that pick up the spent grains. Mm-hmm. Uh, like often, actually, it's in the summertime we see them a lot. Like they're a regular fixture throughout the back hallway, and so yeah, they pick up a fair bit. Uh, anyways, after that we had the we had bacon, uh, which is a local product from Glenwood, uh, which is great. We had the turducken for a short while. We only had two pans of it. It was something that we... Uh, I got a little bit and it was yeah, nice. Yeah, it was something yeah. we had uh, th- that we... It was something that we make once in a while and we had it. And it was like, you know what? Let's just use it up on this event. Um, not to say that it was like old by any means, but it was just... We have a small amount, nothing we can serve you know, for a whole service. So let's just use it here. And it's really cool anyway. So, But we served that with a hemp and hop chimichurri. And then the salmon. The salmon. That's right. The salmon. So... Uh, we had two smoked salmons. We had our house smoked salmon, uh, which was uh, flaked up already. And then I tried something new. It was uh, a pastrami smoked salmon. Uh, so we brined it for two days uh, with some root beer, actually, and a bunch of herbs and spices and stuff like that. Then we smoked it this morning. So I was here quite early to smoke it. And that's where we use some more hops in our, our spice rubs. So, so I think on that one, we used the Galena. No, we used the Galena, sorry, for the tomatoes. And we used the EKG for the salmon and then the potatoes. Mm, those the, potatoes. The, the, <laughs> the Palm Kennedy. It's such a labor of love. We, uh, I've only made that twice. I made it once a year ago for a beer dinner and then we made it again for this one. And like I was saying, kind of off mic is something that last night it was, you know, I'd been here for a long time and it was starting to get really tired. And do I just chop up a case of potatoes and I just mean, fry You were them? here at midnight, right? I was here. Yeah, yeah. I was here at midnight. So, uh, and then back at around 730, which I mean, you know, it's kind of a tight. Well, no, but like that effort pays off. And in, well, everyone you know. seemed to enjoy themselves. And those potatoes are like crack, you know, they're oh, just yeah. like, it's, they're incredible. They're super soft on the inside mm-hmm. and really crispy on the outside. I mean, it almost looked like cubed bacon, like a little bit. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It does have a really cool look to it. And we tossed those in a, a hop salt that we made with Fuggles mm-hmm. hops. I'm learning my hops. <laughs> <laughs> so so you don't necessarily incorporate hops that much on the regular menu here at Swans, do you? No, with the pub, uh, we, we go, the thing is, is that when you start to beer stuff up, when people aren't from a beer culture, so people that aren't from the Pacific Northwest, they feel a little bit intimidated by it. It puts some people off where they feel like if you name something and they don't know what it is and they have to ask, mm-hmm. it could make you know a potential customer feel stupid you know so well there are some pretty complex hop names out there i i don't even know my hops right so and i'm a chef yeah (laughs) uh but when it comes to the regular menu i try to keep it you know if we put beer in everything then we can't have gluten-free people and we can have gluten intolerant people but if we beer everything up then it's just we kind of pigeonhole ourselves a bit so Mm -hmm. uh, just to make ourselves a little bit more become that that total beer pub right yeah Yeah, i mean we've spent you know about a year and a half going from brew pub to pub so we're swans Swan's Brewery, pub, and hotel. So yep. uh, on the regular menu, you know, our barbecue sauce has beer in it. Uh, our, we, we, we do the beer bread every day to make that connection that we have the brewery. Mm-hmm. And then a few other small places we use the beer as well. So like we have our, our new soup is our chicken cheddar ale soup. We have mm-hmm. that full time. So, 
you know, for every, I think, seven and a half liters of soup, there's a liter of beer in it. Wow. Yeah. Right. And does that beer vary or is it the same? Um, well, we use the Scotch Ale this time, but it, it could vary. I mean, for, you know, if the thing is, is that in the kitchen here, we make everything t- from scratch for the most part, you know, like 95% of everything is made uh, in-house. So mm-hmm. the same as with the beer where Chris makes it in a batch, you know, things are made in batch here. So with the soup, you know, if he doesn't have the Scotch ale, then we'll go to, you know, the uphill amber ale. And if mm-hmm. he doesn't have that, then we'll we'll go to a similar multi-style uh, beer. You know, we'll stay away from the IPAs. Right. So, and when you're at home, what do you like to cook? I don't cook a lot at home, to be honest. <laughs> um, I lately have been kind of living here and then sleeping at home and then waking up, showering and coming back here. But if I'm at home and I'm... I, Oftentimes, if I have a day off, I'll invite people over because it will prompt me to actually cook. Because mm-hmm. if it's just me, I'm likely just gonna go out. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I I, I asked that right because you know it's that joke of uh, the carpenter's house is never finished. Right? The carpenter's house is never finished. Yeah. And the chef never cooks at home. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it is a funny conundrum for sure. But typically, like if I have people come over. I like risotto, so I'll, I'll do risotto. Mm-hmm. Uh, around Christmas time, uh, I'll have some family over, and we usually do like a Christmas pie, so a mm-hmm. torchier, mm-hmm. uh, a pot pie, something like that. Yep. Uh, I've done carbonaras. Lasagna is a favorite of mine. Simple stuff. I had some family over for lunch a little while ago, and we did uh, we did croque madames, which are like fancy grilled cheeses, basically. Mm-hmm. So just home food basically right and summertime's coming up here in victoria um is there going to be a change in the menu like do you we have just any... changed actually that's why right. it's been such a long week it changed on wednesday so wow all right <laughs> yeah so it's uh, man it's, you don't make life easy on yourself no i haven't it's <laughs> yeah. been an ambitious week for sure so yeah we did the menu change on the wednesday mm-hmm. the thursday uh what day is it today we're saturday it's right saturday, so yeah. thursday was kind of spent getting a little bit ready for friday's prep for today basically so yeah, it's and then, been a, and then it's been then a long haul. All night. Yeah. yeah, and then next week, I mean, beer week's not done. I mean, we're only on day two, right? Yeah. So we've got another week ahead of us, and then we've got culinary next week, which is a big event in town as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to take away from beer week, but you know, mm-hmm. I've got that looming as well, and there's there's always a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And then the tourists arrive, and then we get right into tourist season. Yeah, yeah. There's no rest for the wicked, I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Bob, for your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on here. This is really cool. So big thank you to Bob for his time. He, yes, he, he did sound a little tired in that interview, but you know, he was, he was up late preparing that excellent meal for us. So well done, Bob, and congratulations again. All right. So the final event that I attended for uh, Victoria Beer Week was fishing for beer. It's an interesting night where they pair up seafood with different beers on offer. And so uh, I hit the floor and just asked some of the breweries what they thought of the event. My name is Garrett Lalonde. I am the brewer at Souk Oceanside Brewery. And how long have you guys been open? We've been open since November of 2016, so about a year and four months now. Yeah, but you were temporarily open, right? Uh, so we underestimated how much Souk would flock to a craft brewery that just opened up. So we opened and we ran out of beer in two and a half days. And we had to shut down for a month and a half to rebuild stock. And we've actually been open ever since now. All right, cool. So you learned your lesson that, you know, popularity, you know, you need you need more beer. Exactly. Yeah. So now we just try and keep everything stocked and we've got our bottles out on shelves and we're just you now doing the best we can to keep up with demands. So what's the size of your brew house? Oh, so we brew off of a Sapco, which most breweries use for a pilot system. It's a kettle full, 70 liters. Our tanks are 250 liters. So it takes three to four brews a day to fill up those tanks. And you're brewing pretty much every day? 
Uh, not so much anymore. We do contract brew a little bit now. So the Riot Brewery, we I go up there once a week and I brew our four core brands there, which leaves us the little brewery to do experiments and just make new weird beers. So since uh, you've kind of recently opened this, this is your first Victoria Beer Week, right? Uh, this is our second Victoria Beer Week, actually. We were at Fishing for Beer last year and opening cast night, which is where we did our Victoria launch was during Beer Week. All right, cool. And uh, what beers did you bring for this uh, Fishing for Beer? So tonight we brought our Stiff Jab Pale Ale. Stiff Jab is a boxing term that when your power hand is down, you're using your I guess, non-good hand. If you're a righty, you're using the left hand. And it's just a Stiff Jab, consistent, solid maneuver. So it's just like solid, clean, classic pale ale. And then we brought our Fight in the Dog Scotch Ale, which is a North American style Scotch Ale with a little bit of peated barley in there. So there's a little bit of smoke, but it's not overwhelming. Are all your beers named after boxing terms? Uh, no, actually, most of our beers are named after locations in Souk, with the exceptions of the Fight in the Dog and the Stiff Jab and our Stuck in the Mud Coffee Porter. We've got our Renfrew Red, which is named after Port Renfrew, Leechtown Lager, which is named after an old gold mining town in Souk. So we try and stay Souk focused for the names of our beers. Right. So, I mean, but couldn't you get stuck in the mud out in soup? Well, you could. And stuck in the mud is a collab with the local coffee roastery stick in the mud. So we're like, oh, all right. So that's kind of souky, I guess. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't know where souk is, where exactly is it? Uh, so souk is a 45 minute drive out of Victoria in all right traffic. 20 minutes if you go a little too fast for comfort and an hour if you're stuck in the Colwood Crawl. But we're a 45 minute drive down Highway 14. Main road and only highway into Souk, where and we are attached to a shell gas station. All right. And uh, if anybody wants to find out more about the brewery, how can they do so? They can look at our any social media accounts. We've got a Twitter, we've got an Instagram, we've got a Facebook, or just go to SoukOceansideBrewery.com. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right. Your name? Adam Crandall. And you're representing? Moody Ells. And uh, how long have you been coming to Victoria Beer Week? Uh, four years. And uh, we're at uh, Fishing for Beer. What beers did you bring tonight? Today we brought our uh, Belgian Golden Strong Ale, and we bought a, a Sriracha Ace Patters beer. And uh, how's the reception been? You been getting any feedback on the beer? Uh, people seem to be liking them, uh, wandering around, and yeah, no complaints. Have you found any food here that pairs well with your own beer? The chowder, the oysters, for sure. I've eaten a lot of oysters. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for everybody who took the time to chat with me at Victoria Beer Week. Got to thank the organizers of Victoria Beer Week for uh, making things happen to get me out there. Also need to say thanks to the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible. Big thank you to Hotel Zed, by the way, uh, for putting me up and looking after me. It was very comfortable. And thanks for the donuts, guys. (laughs) And so uh, with that, if you want to check out Victoria Beer Week next year, um, you can go to victoriabeerweek.com. That is where you'll find all the details on everything that's going on in Victoria for the festival and don't forget the bc ale trail as well has info year-round on victoria and other regions in the province if you want to follow this podcast series you can on your podcast player of choice so i hope you've enjoyed this episode enough to hit subscribe if you liked it please share tell a friend we really appreciate that you can also follow us on social media by going to facebook.com forward slash cascadian beer we're also on twitter at cascadian beer and on instagram at cascadian beer podcast my name's aaron thank you so much for listening Really appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.